Okay, you ready? You can hear me okay? Great, we're on? Perfect. Awesome. Let's go. I'm Peter Little, lead pastor at Christ Pacific Church in Huntington Beach, California. We're cultivating a community of faith, hope, and love that follows Jesus into the world. And you're listening to our Sunday Sermons podcast. To learn more about us or to subscribe to this podcast, visit us at cpchb.org. Thanks for listening. In December of 2019, the Star Wars films completed its third trilogy with The Rise of Skywalker, Episode 9. Starting in January of this year, I started re-watching all nine episodes. They called each movie an episode. Now, one of the interesting things, among many, about these epic movies is the order in which they were released and they, and they came out. First, you had the original trilogy, episodes four through six. Then you had the prequel trilogy, episodes one through three. And then finally, you had the sequel trilogy, episodes seven through nine. So if you watch these movies in the order in which they came out, you knew where episodes one through three were leading. And this was my experience. You see, at the heart of the storyline of episodes one through three is how Anakin Skywalker becomes Darth Vader. But if you've already seen episodes four through six, then you already know this is going to happen. So I, like many other people, was unsurprised by the development in this story. Friends, we are in the midst of frightening times, aren't we? But God is unsurprised by this development in the world's story. This is the first of four messages in our new sermon series, Response, where we are exploring what faith in frightening times looks like. For this week, we're going to be hearing from Joseph at the end of Joseph's story in Genesis. Joseph shares with us how and why we can trust God in frightening times. Joseph's words revolve around two things about God. First, the place of God, and second, the victory of God. Before we hear from Joseph, I'm going to do a quick summary of Joseph's story, emphasizing how it ends. Joseph's story is found at the end of Genesis in 13 chapters. It's this beautiful and well-told story that's really a family story. I'm coming to you here from my living room to emphasize just how much it's about this family. It's this one large family over the course of four generations that develops. In this larger story, God was at work to bless Abraham, Joseph's great-grandfather, and his descendants, Abraham's descendants, to bless them, to make them into a great nation, and through them to bless all the other families in the world. The world needed to be blessed, you see, because humanity had rebelled against God and God's kingdom. We have broken God's good world. It's both good and broken. In other words, Joseph's story is part of God's work to redeem his broken world. And Joseph himself experiences this brokenness in a very vivid way. His brothers sell him into slavery, which leads to a horrible series of events, including false accusation, imprisonment, and betrayal. 
But thankfully, God was at work to override this evil and to establish Joseph in a prominent political position in Egypt. And God would use Joseph to save God's people from a worldwide famine. Sounds kind of familiar, huh? So now we're in a good place to hear Joseph's words about trusting God in frightening times. Joseph shares this wisdom in response to his brother's plea for forgiveness. So let's start with that phrase, the place of God. Their father has just passed away, and Joseph's brothers think that he will now seek revenge for all the evil they had done to him. Joseph no longer has any reason to hold back, they think. And up to this point in the story, we haven't seen Joseph's brothers seek forgiveness, but now they humbly ask for forgiveness. Joseph was the second most powerful person in Egypt at this time. What will he do? There's suspense in the story, especially if you've never read it. Will he respond to evil with evil? This is the way of our broken world, after all. But Joseph says, do not fear, for am I in the place of God? There's that phrase, the place of God. Joseph's response is to overcome evil with good, to use Paul's words in Romans 12. Not only will he not exact revenge, but he says he will provide for his brothers and their family. But why does he do this? Well, Joseph knows and trusts God. Joseph knows that God is just, despite all the suffering that he's experienced in the world. And he trusts that God will work out his good purposes in the world, just like he did for he and his family, that God will do that for the whole world. So there's no need for personal revenge. So what does faith in frightening times looks like? Well, it means that we let God be God. It can be tempting to play the world's game of securing my own good. I can do whatever I want. I need to do whatever I can to secure my own good. And maybe we might even be tempted to rationalize or to do certain things that we normally wouldn't do. But God says, no, trust me, trust in my sovereign care. It is God's place to provide for us. Yes, we work hard, we do all that we can, but ultimately our hands are in the sovereign, good hands of God. Our life is in the very hands of God and we can trust in him. In 2005, Carrie Underwood came out with the song, Jesus Take the Wheel. The chorus to that song goes, Jesus, take the wheel, take it from my hands, because I can't do this on my own. I'm letting go, so give me one more chance and save me from this road I'm on. Jesus, take the wheel. You won't hear me sing songs like Pastor Peter because I can't do that. So I'm just going to have to say them. Jesus, take it the wheel, take it from my hands, because I can't do this on my own. I'm letting go. Carrie Underwood learned, or at least sang about, the kind of lesson that Joseph knew. That God was in control, and he wasn't. And so he let go of the wheel. Friends, you and I need to let go of the wheel during this time. We are in the passenger seat, and God is in the driver's seat. Like Joseph, we can learn to trust God, even though we can't see or fully understand what he's up to. We need to let God be God. I'm here at the Bread of Life Pantry. Normally on Sunday afternoons, we have teams that come together utilizing this pantry 
provide a good meal for the needy and homeless in our community. Because of quarantine, we've had to take a break from doing that for health and safety reasons, but we hope to resume again soon. All right, let's move on from the place of God to the victory of God. We hear about this from Joseph when he says, you meant it for evil, what his brothers did to him, but God meant it for good. The good was to provide food for himself, his family, the Egyptians, and many other peoples from around the known world at that time. It's kind of a big deal. So it's important to be clear what exactly Joseph is saying. Joseph is saying that God did not will this evil, but he did allow it to happen. And it's an important distinction to keep in mind in the midst of suffering or a crisis. There's a sense of mystery as to how God works out his sovereign and good purposes for his people and in our lives. We don't always know how that looks like. But we do know this, that God's heart's desire is to give life and to bless. So Joseph's wisdom for us is to trust in God's good and sovereign purposes. With God's help, Joseph was able to look back at his life and his family's life and see God's hand there, see what God was up to. We usually don't get to see God's presence and activity in the middle of the mess. And so for us, it's going to take a lot of patience and faith to see what God is up to. Maybe you're starting to get inklings of what God is doing. But I'm guessing they're probably like me and the rest of my family. We want to know what, what's going to happen, what the future holds, what the answers are with this whole COVID-19 crisis. What does this mean for school, for work, for friendships, for family life? We're in the in-between place. We're not where we were with God and we're not where we're going to be. We're in the desert. Now is the time to hold on to God's promise in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, where he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God is still with us and God will remain faithful. So how do we know that God's good and sovereign purposes will be worked out, that they'll come to pass? Well, take a look at the cross of Christ. And that's how you can be certain of God's victory. The Jewish and Roman authorities, along with the spiritual forces of darkness, meant it for evil, to stop God's purpose, to stop the good that Jesus was doing. They meant it for evil, but God meant it for good, the salvation of the whole world. And if God can do this with this evil against his son, then he can certainly work out his purposes, his sovereign and good purposes during this crisis, can he? Because of Jesus' death and resurrection, Paul could say this in Romans 8, 28. We know that for those who love God, those of us who are followers of Christ, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. Now, between when we become believers and when we die or when Christ comes back, there's a whole bunch of little goods. But the ultimate good, when you read the passage, is being conformed to the image of God's Son, to become like Jesus. God's promise is not that we'll suffer in the, in the midst of this passage. If you read it, go read Romans 8, verses 18 through 30 for yourself. This passage about suffering and glory is not saying that we won't have suffering, but that he will use our suffering for our good. The story of the world is not like the story of Star Wars. And those films, good and evil, are in a constant battle. But in the story of redemption, in God's story, God is victorious over evil. And he has decisively defeated evil and are waiting for him to fully work out his purposes. 
We can trust God to be God. God is in control, and he will work out his good and sovereign purposes in our lives and for the world. In the meantime, we just have to hold on to him for the ride. Thanks for joining our Christ Pacific Sunday Sermon Podcast. To hear more of our sermons, or to subscribe, or to learn how you can be engaged with what we're up to in Huntington Beach, please visit us at cpchb.org.